Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Heads Talk with me, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter, the podcast where we talk to C-level executives, leaders of institutions and heads of multinationals. What are the current topics? They talk, we listen. Can you imagine getting into a business or a market where you actually spend a hundred billion plus on a piece of paper? Are you kidding me? It was like a frying pan of a head. I got nothing against CFOs. It was not just the job of a lifetime, it was the job of a thousand lifetimes. In the next few weeks over this period, I would like to introduce new followers to some of the past guests of Heads Talk, and in parallel, some of the great conversations I've had with C-suites of multinationals about the topics of the day in their area of business. I do hope you enjoy this Look Back series, and I have enjoyed sharing the first set of Look Back episodes late last year and very early this year. Um, There will be two guests in each episode and they will be introduced accordingly. Rob Price is one of the pioneers of corporate digital responsibility. So it's great to talk to him about its inception and to where it is today. A lot has happened since then. So perhaps a new and updated conversation um, is needed. Um, Have a listen. I think we started asking the question, rather than focusing on the business or indeed kind of the relationship that those businesses had with their consumers or citizens, if if it was public sector, what what was the broader impact on society as a whole, on the planet as a whole, uh, Mm -hmm. from the way in which kind of businesses were uh, delivering their digital transformation or indeed using the technologies in their engagement with the world. And, And this dates back probably to around 2016 when we started looking at this, also coinciding with uh, things uh, like the election in the US, Mm -hmm. uh, the Brexit vote in the UK, et cetera. Um, So I started uh, with with a group of people around the world in a range of different countries, the US, Senegal, uh, Netherlands, UK, India, um, putting together a focus piece of global research on what we termed at the time digital society, the impact of these technologies on society as a whole, um, and to try and get our heads around what was happening with the digital divide. Our hypothesis was the divide was growing, not closing, that it wasn't about broadband connectivity, but it was about people's ability to gain value, personal value, out of the range of technologies that were were being used across the planet. Um, I remember doing a survey in 2017, global survey, uh, asking people how they felt about technologies, ranging from Uh, banking on your mobile phone through to nanobots in your bloodstream uh, to fight disease through to um, well all all, uh, uh, Alexa devices within the home for example Um, and and it was from that survey and the findings from that survey that we started talking about the term corporate digital responsibility around 2017-2018 at that time um, there was, I mean, I remember kind of doing searches on, on the internet. There wasn't a lot, if anything, there. But mm-hmm. I think there were a number of parallel initiatives across the world, with hindsight, that started using this term of really putting digital at the heart of corporate responsibility um, in around that time. Slightly separate definitions, but for us, it was very much focused around, very simply, what can businesses do? to drive for more positive outcomes 
for society and the planet by utilising digital technologies in appropriate and permissible ways. And it was therefore talking about things like digital well-being, accessibility, inclusion, sustainable automation, unbiased AI, digital influence, uh, data ownership, trust, th mm -hmm. those aspects, which I'm sure we'll come back to throughout the conversation. Um, so, so that was the birth of, uh, of CDR, if you like, in, in, in my terms. Um, but the, as I say, there's a range of um, other um, starting points, and, and especially if I look to what's happening in the world today, um, then Germany and Switzerland I see very much as driving um, CDR kind of at scale across uh, government, businesses, business associations, academia, mm -hmm. but we're starting to see it spread further as well as, as we become more conscious of how do we do the right thing um, to ensure these positive outcomes, if you like to create more of an utopian future than dystopian futures that we uh, have often envisaged through science fiction film or otherwise. Mm -hmm. and, and briefly, if you may, without going into too much detail, am I right in saying that people and organisations even are doing CDI without realising there is a, this definition to it? I, I think you're, you're absolutely right. Um, I, a number of us have been using the term corporate digital responsibility, but equally, if you look at what uh, what's happening across the globe, then you'll hear terms like tech for good. Um, you'll you'll hear environmental responsibility. Mm -hmm. There's a range of terms that are used, um, and, and, and I actually don't think it matters what we call it. Mm -hmm. I think the important part is what are organisations doing to create positive impacts in the various mm -hmm. aspects of what we term as CDR, but other people have kind of used other terms. But surely uh, the definition is important so that it's almost like the net that catches everything. So everything is grouped and, and people know what are the processes, what are the procedures, what are the standards, what, what they need to adhere to, surely. I, th I, think, I think you're right to some extent. Um, I, I think the reason I perhaps say terminology matters less is because of the time pressures. Yeah. So some of the things that we need to achieve, and I've written before around contrasting the evolution of CSR over 100 years, mm -hmm. uh, we haven't got 100 years to kind of have the impact that CDR needs to have mm -hmm. on the way in which we conduct ourselves to create positive impact on the planet, for example. Mm -hmm. so, so, so therefore, in an accelerated space, we don't have time to kind of do detailed standards, detailed frameworks. I, I, I think I'd far rather that organisations were at least kind of recognising that the need to nudge forward and improve on their position around um, inclusion or, in, or on the environment or okay. uh, in the way they use data. And, and yes, for those that want the, the framework and a holistic view of what CDR can bring, then great. Uh, and I think it is important to get some degree of uh, coordination around, certainly it's a high level around those principles, if you like, but I'd rather people drove forward with action rather mm. than spent years on standards. This episode with Racy Machilwa, country president, CEO and head of Novartis Sub-Saharan Africa was great. Racy was on fire. Um, I have listened to this episode a couple times or more and I just love her energy and delivery. You'll understand what I mean if you ever listen to the, the full episode. But have a listen to this snippet. These days, you cannot have a conversation 
with a head of an organization that employs thousands of people and or produce a lot of products without talking about the sustainability drive and of course the climate change issue you mm. mentioned some of the work you're doing and with being carbon neutral but what else what is Novartis sub-Saharan Africa doing in this space what else are you doing in this space how is the drive for greater sustainability options and climate change actions affecting how you do business please can you provide us with some examples if you can yeah, I'll gladly do that, Elaine. So one of the growing threats uh, to public health is antimicrobial resistance, what we term AMR. And mm -hmm. you might hear this a lot in a lot of the medical circles. And uh, um, we are trying to say, how do we tackle this using various measures? One of the approaches is, a, is environmentally friendly production of antibiotics, mm -hmm. which is the first step of combating AMR effectively. Mm -hmm. In particular, Improvement in water sanitation and hygiene mm -hmm. and wastewater management is also extremely critical. Our leading antibiotics network is centered in Kundo site, which is in Australia. Mm -hmm. The hub um, of the last vertically, um, it, the hub of the last vertically integrated antibiotics uh, production chain in Europe, and it's something that has been there for over 70 years. And this has been a pioneer in waste minimization and also effluent treatment. So we're investing significantly to up upgrade our technology across the value chain mm -hmm. and build out Kundal as a global center of excellence in this field mm -hmm. when it comes to waste management. So to give you an example, another example, in my region, for instance, um, Kenya team, and I'll mention Kenya team because I've seen it happen, but it's also happening across the other 46 countries, uh, 46, the other four clusters across Sub-Saharan Africa. Mm -hmm. Kenya team has partnered with various organizations to plant 20,000 trees, which is critical to managing climate change and sinking boreholes also in semi-arid areas mm -hmm. to ensure access to potable water for more than 12,000 households reaching a total population of more than 60,000 people. This is something we started this year and we are hoping to grow more even as we grow the business also. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things that we are looking at. Mm -hmm. Oh, thanks for that, thanks for that. So in my final question, let's move away from COVID, let's move away from COVID news, pandemic and all the issues around that. And I want to ask you about some other things that's happening in your region. Please tell my listeners about this amazing initiative by Novartis. It's hashtag one billion antimalarials or hashtag zero malaria starts with me. What's that all about? Thanks for bringing that up. Uh, it's a great celebration for us, for patients, definitely. For us to reach one billion antimalarials within globally uh, by end of April. So we've actually delivered that one billion courses of oh, wow. this treatment since 1999. More than 90% of this atomicinin-based combination therapy, which we call SCT, was supplied without profit to mm -hmm. malaria-endemic countries around the globe. So SCTs are the standard uh, care of treatment for uh, falciparum malaria. This is the most deadly form of the disease, mm -hmm. responsible for over 99% of cases in Africa and half, half of these cases in Asia. For us, this is a really landmark moment in the fight against malaria because this is very close to our heart. Um, it's also particularly close to my heart because I grew up in a malaria endemic area and so firsthand the devastating impact of malaria. As much as that was our reality, when I reflect back 
it actually scares me that this is what was happening at that point in time. So I could not be more proud of this milestone that has improved and extended the lives of people in Africa, especially children, many of whom never celebrated their fifth birthday. Now that concludes this episode of the Look Back series. I hope you enjoyed these snippets and do check out the full original episodes in the show notes. Thanks for joining me today on this episode of Heads Talk. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via my website, elainepringle.com forward slash Heads Talk, wherever you get your podcasts. Finally, I'd like to thank our sponsors, guests, and you for helping to make the show possible. Please join me next time where I'll be featuring more executives, C-suite leaders, and heads of multinational. Heads Talk podcast with your host, Elaine Pringle-Schwitter.